Welcome to the New Hope Leeward podcast. Yeah, that's worth a clap, yeah. So remember, you like cow cow after church, go right to Pandas, 20% of your meal, the cost of your meal will go to hugs. It's a wonderful way. I'm going to I'm going to pick up some noodles before I leave here today. We are so uh, happy to be with you this morning. Our family here at Kapolei and our online Ohana. I'm Art Larson, one of the pastors here at New Hope. We're in what we call a tweener weekend. Tweener, is, we like to call it that between uh, the last series that just ended last weekend and, of course, Easter. And as I said, so we're in between. That's where we get the tweener from. Yeah, so we're... I'm giving you a tweener message, and I can preach about whatever I want to preach about. And so I am. We did complete our, we did complete our uh, Before Bethlehem series. Pastor Alec did a tremendous job last weekend. He talked about how important it is that we not only recognize Jesus as a king, but the king, the king of kings and our king. It's a, it was a great way to close out uh, that series Before Bethlehem, and Right now, as I just said, we're about two weeks, almost exactly two weeks out from uh, Easter, Easter Sunday, Good Friday. We're just, we're just getting a glimpse of Good Friday over the horizon. And ironically, the text that we're going to be reading from Mark 11, it's safe to say that Jesus is in about the same place. As in Mark 11, he's about to uh, depart to Jerusalem, actually arriving at Jerusalem, and he knows the cross is right before him. I'm going to read it for We're going to go right into the text. Mark 11 should be there in your notes on the app. If not in your Bibles, Mark 11. We're going to go from verses uh, 12 to 17. And it's uh, just six verses. Uh, that's going to be the, the extent of our text today. You can follow along and I'll read. Starting verse 12, Mark 11 says, The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf. Remember that. Remind him. It should be underlined in. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Verse 14. Then he said to the tree, yeah, he spoke to a tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. I think if we look at these six short verses of Scripture, I'm of the opinion that this short scenario, it shows us probably the Jesus that we're probably the least familiar with, right? Cursing and condemning fruitless trees and flipping tables in the temple is not the Jesus we think of very often. Mark 11, folks, is showing us a very frustrated and impatient Jesus, doesn't it? So we're going to have a conversation this weekend on this tweener weekend about a couple of things that always seemed to ruffle Jesus' feathers. See, this grace, gracious, selfless Savior to the world, the one that had open arms for the 
worst of sinners, yet through the scriptures, we find that there were some that Jesus just had, just had a, real, <laughs> a real short fuse with, right? This week, we're going to talk about a couple of things that the Son of God would not tolerate. And so we're clear this weekend, on this tweener weekend. This message is for believers. This message is for born-agains. If you're hearing this message, whether here as a visitor or online, and you have not surrendered your life to Christ, we are so stoked that you are with us, and we're glad you're listening in. But we want you to understand something. This weekend is family talk. Everybody say family talk. We're talking family. We're talking family of God talk. And I like to talk family talk with my family. Praise the Lord. This, there, that's why when talking about the couple things that Jesus was very intolerant about, we've titled this message, Posers and Pretenders. Everybody say, uh-oh. Posers and Pretenders. Some of you might say, hey, isn't a, isn't a poser and a pretender, isn't that like the same thing? No. We're going to find out in Mark 11 that it's not the same thing. Let's talk about posers first. Let's go back to the first three verses of the text I just read. We're going to read the first three verses again. I'll read. You can follow along. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. And he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. There are some that have questioned why this Jesus of love. I've been in Bible studies and discussions and, uh, where people discovered the Jesus of love and mercy and grace. Why would he curse and condemn a fig tree simply because it, when he was hungry, the poor tree just happened to be fruitless at the time? Well, if you're of that camp of thinking, you know, why would Jesus do that to a poor tree? Can I just remind you real quick? It was only a tree, okay? It was just a tree, right? It wasn't a poor or helpless tree. It was just a tree. When Jesus condemned the tree, the tree didn't get all bummed out and upset and feel rejected and dejected. It was just a tree. Understand that. Before you have too much mercy on the tree. Secondly, Jesus wasn't being a hungry grouch. How many know what a hungry grouch is? When you're hungry, they're grouchy, yeah? Maybe you live with somebody, you're married to somebody. If, if that's you, don't turn left or right. Look right at me. Online too, keep your eyes on the screen. I know hungry grouches. I know people that get headaches if they don't eat, right? They get migraines. But he wasn't being a hungry grouch here. You know, he's hungry and uh, no more up than the tree, so he's just cursing the tree. That's, he wasn't the reason why. No. See, Jesus understood something, folks. With his final few days, that's all he has left. Just a few more days left before the cross. Jesus is teaching his disciples in a very important lesson with this fig tree. See, he as, as the creator of all things, he created, Bible says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. As the creator of all things, well, he knows, Jesus knows that everything he created has a purpose. Everything created has an assignment. It has a place in this world. God created fig trees for one specific purpose. What was that? To make bare fruit figs, right? That's what he made fig trees for, right? One man, David Kuzik, says it like this in his commentary, talking about this interaction and condemning a tree. This is what he says. 
It's going to come up on the screen. It might even be in your notes. This is what Guzik says. It wasn't that the fig tree didn't have figs because it wasn't supposed to. The problem is that it had leaves, but it did not have figs. See, the leaves said, there are figs here, but the figs weren't there. It's false advertising. It's exactly what it was. See, what upset Jesus, folks, was that this fig tree posed as a fruit-bearing tree. When you see that term, tree and leaf, what that meant is back then you could, you could find tree, fig trees with very little leaves and they might have a few figs. You, that was possible. But when a tree was in leaf, not only should there be fruit, but the fruit, the, the, the fruit there should be almost ready to be eaten. That's what, it, that's what drew Jesus to the tree. He's walking, see, he saw a tree in leaf and he went to it because they understood, they recognized that when a tree is in leaf, not only should it have figs, but the figs should be about ready to be eaten, right? Yet upon closer view, this fig tree had no fruit, even though from a distance, those leaves declared the fruit was in this tree. That's why, that's what the Guzik says, it was like false advertisement. Like, come and eat from me, come and eat from me. Then he gets there, and nothing. You see, Jesus didn't like false advertisement, folks. And you want to know something? He don't like it in his church either. Amen? That was a real lame amen. 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 He don't like it in his church either. I think that today in 2023, there, the church has a whole lot of leafy people. Right? The church has a whole lot of leafy people, fruitless fig trees. In 2023, there's a lot of posers in the kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. It's sad but true. Folks, folks that said yes to God, free gift, are, are, are those that are saying nah to a lot of what God's asking in return. They say yes to the free gift, but they say nah to a lot of what God asked for. In return, we are living in a day and age, and the wickedness of our day are anakuapono. Uh, Any of them here? Show of hands from yesterday. Yeah, praise God. We talked about that yesterday. By the way, we had a tremendous men's conference. Can we give Pastor Dave and his whole crew just a, a, a hand? It was really great. But one of the things we heard through yesterday was they talking about the wickedness and the evilness in our world today, folks. And people of faith are going to be tested, folks. You know, we are living in a day where kingdom poses are going to be exposed because of the sin-sick world we are living in is going to test their faith. It's going to test them, each and every one of them, right? And they're going to be robbed of any fruitfulness if they're posing. See, a long time ago, folks, God set a mandate. Early in the, early in the beginning of humanity, he said what? Be fruitful and do what? Multiply. And he meant that. What he meant, he meant biologically... Speaking to mankind, he said, I need you to be fruitful. Repopulate the earth. We want you to populate, fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. He meant that biologically, but he also meant that spiritually. A couple thousand years ago, in Matthew 28, it's recorded that it's the Great Commission. When Jesus is just getting ready to lift off. He's just getting ready to go back to heaven. And he gave us this mandate so that we could help him again populate. But this time... He gave us this mandate not to populate the earth, but we, you and I can be a part of populating heaven. 
I'll read it for you. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says this. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, sadly, folks, it will be kingdom posers, among others, that will prove to be fruitless. They cannot lead others to a place they've never been. I mean, know what I'm talking about. You, if you're a poser, you cannot lead people to a place you've never been. Yeah, yeah there's some that know how to fake it till they make it. And many have learned how to speak fluent Christianese. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Fluent. Right? But folks, listen to me. Being born again, as a born again, we're speaking to born agains today. Being born again, Right? When Jesus made you, he made me into a new creation. Old things are passing away, all things becoming new, right? And just as Jesus created fig trees so that they would produce fruit, and the evidence of that is the, the figs that are found on the tree that they bear, right? See, when God created you and I in a new creation, the evidence of who we are is found in what? The fruit that we bear or the fruit that we don't bear. I'm of the opinion, folks, and I'm not alone, that any born-again Christian who lives a fruitless life is doing more posing than growing. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts so much, I'm going to have you fill in number one. Fill in number one there in your notes. Any born-again Christian who lives a perpetual fruitless life is doing more posing than growing. Everybody say, Ouch. So what are you saying, Art? Am I fruitless if I've never led anyone to the Lord? Is that what you're saying, Art? Am I fruitless if I've never invited somebody out to church or I've never invited somebody to my small group? Am I fruitless if I've never shared my testimony about how Jesus transformed and changed my life? Are you saying I'm a poser for those reasons? And I would answer those four questions very simply. No, no. No and no. See, folks, while witnessing to others and loving them into the kingdom is being very fruitful, it's definitely fruitful, there is a way to see yourself leading someone to the Lord without ever having to tell them, repeat this prayer after me. There is a way to invite somebody out to church, right, to, or a service or to your small group, your old hunter group, without ever actually in verbally inviting them out. There is a way to share how Jesus radically changed your life without actually giving your testimony. What are you talking about, Art? See, you and I are fruitful and are fruit-bearing when we operate and we abide with the fruit God has given us as believers. Again, what are you talking about, Art? It's found in Galatians 5. I'm going to read it for you. Very, very well-known passage of scripture. Paul lists the fruit that God gives to all those that are spirit-filled. It's called the fruit of the spirit. I'll read it for you. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience. Many know it that way. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. 
See, folks, the truth is that those who embrace and operate with the fruit of the Spirit, you will be fruitful. If you work and operate and function and abide in the fruits of the Spirit, you will be fruitful. It's a no-brainer. See, folks, listen to me. The fruit of the Spirit present in you and I will have people asking you, hey, what church do you go to and what time are your services? Somebody say amen. I know this is true, folks. Although I'm a filthy sinner saved by grace like you, it's happened to me. People have, that, had, have done that to me. They, hey, what, service do you go, what services do you have and when are they? The fruit of the Spirit will have people asking you, how do I get my life right with God? Right? If, if it, this fruit of the Spirit's alive in us, I know this to be true because they've come to ask me that. How do I get my, life, my heart right with God? The fruit of the Spirit at work will have people asking you, what brought around your conversion? How did you change? I heard about who you were. What, you know, they're going to ask you about your testimony. They want to know. I told you I had a friend uh, when in the National Guard. When I got saved, I got out of the military because it wasn't a good environment for me. I took a break in service. And after about, um, about 10 months out of the service, my wife said, you know, maybe she should go back in. That's why I ended up retiring. She said, you know, because we got saved. But she said, we had so many great benefits being in the military. So when I had left the army, I got saved, and I used to drink and party with these guys. And one guy I couldn't, my friend Sugi, he could not believe I got converted, right? And when I, I went away for 10 months, before I left for 10 months, he, looked, he used to tease me and laugh at me. Hey, Lawson, Lawson, Lawson found the light. Woo-hoo, Lawson found the light. But he get the wrong light. He need the bud light, yeah? That's the kind of stuff you, this guy used to harass me. And I realized I got to get out. I got to get So I had about 11 years into the military, I took a break. I got out for 10 months, right? And he, he, he just couldn't believe. They, I told him, I got to leave. I'm, I'm following God. I'm getting into ministry. And he just couldn't believe it. 10 months, I went back. And we're in formation. And uh, my first day back, after I got back in, and, and then I see him down the other side of the, on, uh, other side of the platoon. And I said, hey, Suki. You know, I tell him, how's he? Hey, praise him. He told me, praise him. Oh, this donkey, he's still harassing me, you know. <laughs> Ten months I'm gone, and this guy harassing me. I said, nah. So I, said, I said something, he goes, oh, praise him. So I get out, I don't want to crack this guy, you know. I'm like, something. <laughs> you know what I found out after we broke out of formation, he called me, he said, Bob, he, he got saved. He was like, he's born again. In ten months, he got saved. And I said, bro, what happened to you? <laughs> you know, I want to punch you in your head, you know. He said, Ba, you know, when you got saved, Ba, I, I, I began to think, Ba, if God can save you, God can save anybody, Ba. <laughs> That's how he got saved. And you know what? The fruit of the Spirit will have you having that kind of impact, folks. Can you say amen? And you know what? The fruit of the Spirit to the delight of Christ, it will steer you, it will steer I clear from being a poser. Amen? You operate in the fruits of the Spirit. You won't be opposed. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, it's take a pick time. Get your devices out. I want to encourage you. If everybody in your family or one of your family members, take a picture of the screen that's going to come up because I'm going to ask you to revisit this snapshot. It's a, this is something where I would encourage you to revisit this snapshot we're going to look at in just a moment and use it as a self-check gauge, ensuring that, that with the passing of time, you're not, you and I are not slipping back into poser mode. Go ahead, Dave. It's a the nine fruits of the Spirit, you find them on the left, right? On the right, and I just said tree and leaf as the poser, you'll find the antonym, the exact opposite. Take a picture of that because I really want to encourage you. In the future, 
You wonder you want, you, you want your life making impact or it's not making. And look at these things, and I want you to ask yourselves two questions, right? Because where, first of all, you want to ask yourself this question, where is the fulcrum, right, for each of the nine fruit to me? Say, well, right, what's the fulcrum? We're going to put an illustration up, and we'll come back to this. A fulcrum is that teetering. Can we put that illustration up? You got to ask yourself, in the fruit, where is the fulcrum? Where is the teetering point? I would pray that all of us in the fruit of our spirit, it'd be good like that because we see the left side is the big, large, and in charge. Otherwise, the left side or the fruit of the spirit side is big. And so your fulcrum is, should be slid over. Far to, the farther to the left, the better. You know, the more you and I are operating and living in the fruit of the spirit. Of course, if it slides more to the antonym, or the, you know, you know uh, love versus hate, right? Joy versus unhappy. If it slides to the right side, it, it happens. But we as the people of God, the children of God who operate in the fruit of the Spirit, our desires, we should have our fulcrum always to the left, to the left, as Beyonce said, right? To the left, to the left. Right? That's the one question. Where is my fulcrum? How is my joy versus my, you know, how is my joy versus my, how is my joy versus being unhappy? How's my peace versus being stressed out? You can go back to the fruit of the Spirit again. Where is the fulcrum? Ask yourself that question. The next question you ask yourself, and you look, can you put the fruit of the spirit, that, that chart again? Next question, the two questions. Where is the fulcrum for the, each of the nine fruit in me? And then you got to ask yourself this. Of the nine fruit, which one of those, which one of those, I, I definitely need to be sliding more to the left. In other words, the, which one am I far right on? You got to ask. It's self-check. So where am I at, right? Where am I at? Where am I at with my gentleness? Where am I at with my self-control, right? Ask yourself those two questions. And listen, I would die a thousand deaths if some of you come out of this message, both here and online, feeling like a condemned poser because the fulcrum in your slides, in your, in, the fulcrum in you slides to the right in certain seasons. Folks, listen to me. It, it'll, it'll always have, we're not always going to operate firing on all cylinders and all night. It's going to happen. You know, during pandemic, they call it lockdown. I call it lock up. But I'm going to be honest with you folks. My, I, I, during the, you know, when I was being locked down, I, I was losing my joy, right? I, I was getting, and then when, when I wasn't working for almost 13 months, I, I was losing my peace. I was starting to stress out because finances were getting in my head. I lost my joy because I, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get, and my patience, when they, when they shut the beaches, we're on an island. How do you shut beaches? We're, we are, we're all beaches. And I, I learned as a small, smoky time little boy, when you're sick, go in the ocean, right? I tell you what, my patience, I was mad at everybody. I, wanted, I wish the state of Hawaii was, a, was a, you know, a, 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 a ball so I could punch it. You know, I was, so, I was so frustrated. So I'm telling you this because I understand there's times in Fruit of the Spirit, we, our fulcrum slides to the right at times. But we're always, as the people of God, always what? To the left, to the left. We're coming back. We're moving to the left. Can you say amen? amen. And again, I want to encourage you. Put that on your advice. Keep it in one of your And every once in a while, do a self-check. You say, where am I at? Where am I at? Because you're, you, you and I operating the fruit of spirit. You're going to start to see the things happen. You're going to be fruitful. God promises that. Okay, we talked about posers. Now look at these last three verses in our text. We're going to talk about pretenders. Verse 15 in our text. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying 
and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, and that's key, for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. This is probably one of the few portions of scripture, one of the few stories in the New Testament scriptures that show us Jesus getting literally physically violent. Isn't that right? I mean, he's getting hands-on violent. This is one of the few places we find. As a matter of fact, if you read John's gospel, this is uh, Mark's. But if you read John's gospel, he's going to get a little bit more detail. It's going to come up there. I think it's in your notes also. John 2 says this. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all, the, all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He, he's making a whip. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. In other words, folks, with a whip of cords, Jesus is handing out cracks. <laughs> he's handing out cracks. He made a whip of cords. He's handing out cracks, right? Jesus, this is the one, folks, that ate, and he spent the night with tax collectors. He forgave prostitutes and thieves. He touched, and he ministered to the crippled, the blind, the deaf, beggars, lepers. He did all that, but, but when it came to big pretenders, folks, when it came to the hypocrites, when it came to the self-righteous, with them, he had a very short fuse. I hear Clint Eastwood going off over here. <laughs> he had a very short fuse. You see, unlike the posers, folks, listen, who don't live or who struggle to live in the design that God created them for, the pretenders, their whole goal was to convince everyone by the way they acted and behaved outwardly as if they were living righteous and pious. But the reality is, folks, and you can hear it in Jesus' voice, is they were generally more wicked, they were more greedy and hateful than anybody in society back then. We've heard this before. Matthew 23, he tears these leaders a new one, doesn't he? Listen, I'll read it for you. Follow along. Matthew 23, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside... They are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then you, the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law. Pharisees, you hypocrites. He's calling them names. You are, you are like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and every unclean thing. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This is what set Jesus off in the temple. That's why he went buckle loose, right? See, folks, at Passover time, we know it's Passover, Passover approaching. Every Jew that could travel would migrate back to Jerusalem. They'd all come back if they could to offer sacrifice, their annual sacrifice, right, for the Passover. Now, the religious leaders and the temple officials, they pretended to have this genuine concern for the people and their, their best interests in mind by providing merchants and Money exchangers that they can sell sacrifice at sacrificial animals to them. Be easier. You don't have to bring your lamb all the way from wherever you came. You could just come and buy it, right? They, they made, they pretended that they had the 
people's best interest in it. But the problem was that they sold them at massively inflated prices. They were ripping them off. And some of, you know, some of them had a three-legged lamb they were selling. You know, and it was, they were getting ripped off. And Jesus saw this, right? Also, every Jewish male, once a year, you had to pay an annual temple tax, right? Usually amount equaling about two, two days' wages. You do that once a year. You pay a temple tax. The problem is that they only take temple currency. You couldn't pay, you couldn't barter, you have to exchange whatever you come with, you have to exchange it for temple currency. And guess what? The exchange rate was on the temple currency. It was inflated. It was blown out the roof. Also, what made Jesus so mad, many Gentiles came to Passover, whether by way of conversion or marriage, there were many Gentiles that came to Jerusalem, right, to, to, to worship and to pray. But this is the problem. Gentiles are not allowed in the inner courts, because they're just, but they had set up the outer courts. The Gentiles could pray and worship in the outer courts, right? But, but this is what made God so mad, was, was that they could not come and worship because they, they had already set up, you know, flea market in the outer courts. The Gentiles might have traveled for miles to come and pray and worship, but they got a swap meet where they're supposed to be worshiping. That's why Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer for all nations. He's talking to the, about the Gentiles, and it made him mad. See, God had no time, folks. He had no patience with pretenders back then, just like we read in Matthew 23. He actually called them, I say, he called them names. Even in the book of Acts, we know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Why did they drop dead? It wasn't, it wasn't because of what they gave to the church. It's because they lied. You say, oh, they lied to the early church. Well, who was the head of the early church? It was Jesus was the head. So in other words, they lied to Jesus. That's, the last, that's why the last words they heard from Peter before they dropped dead was, you didn't lie to us. You lied to the Holy Ghost. There's something God does. He cannot stand pretenders, folks. You can fill in number two in your notes. Pretenders do not only tell lies, but they also embody them. They don't tell lies, but they, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> let me try that again. They also embody them. <coughs> That's exactly what this couple did. <coughs> they embodied, they coerced, they embodied the lie. Here today, folks, in the latter days, the last days, I might say, of the church, we have seen many pretenders get revealed. Many pretenders get exposed. Many pretenders in, in high areas of leadership crash and burn. We find out that they had double lives. They have pet sins. They have adulteries and so much more. We, you and I have heard and seen, and much to our, our heartbreak, churches have closed, even here in the islands, right? Ministries have been destroyed. Marriages and relationships have been devastated. Families ripped apart because of pretenders. I came back from Waianae, back here to New Hope Leeward in 2005. Yeah, I'm almost 20 years back now. It's 2023. I've been here a while. I've seen a lot of things, folks. And I, uh, I, I've seen many pretenders come into our church over the years. I see them hook up with our young men, some of the pretending women. And I see some of the pretending men hooking up with our young women. After a while, you don't see them again for a long time, and then maybe you might run into them years 
down the road and you find out that they're not even serving God anymore. Not only are they not serving God, you find out that not, they're not even together anymore. The one that, they, that pulled them out of church or drew them away or distracted them, they're not even together anymore. We have pretenders in our church today, folks. I know it, we know it, and God knows it. But I want you to hear me now. As far as I'm concerned, and as weird as it may sound, I'd rather have the pretenders in the church than not in the church. What are you talking about, Art? See, I believe the best way to have pretenders learn what real Christianity looks like, they need to be around real Christians that don't pretend. Amen? That's the, because listen to me. Jesus loves the pretender too. He might have a short fuse with them, but he loves them. He died for them too, right? Now we who are children of the light, we cannot be gullible like the ones we've seen in the past where, you know, some pretender drew them away. But I, I, believe, I believe that God can do anything and I believe he loves pretenders. Maybe if they stick around, maybe they keep faking it till they make it, they might just make it. They might turn a corner, right? Nothing is too hard for God. Everybody say amen. amen. As we prepare to wrap up, folks, I want to share a truth with you that we all know. We're all pretenders at times. Amen? That was kind of weak. Amen? amen. <laughs> we have all played a little bit of the Pharisee at times. Amen? amen. We all have. Our motivation to pretend will vary, of course, but being really honest with you, folks, I pretended many times in my life. I, many times I pretended here in church. I was thinking that the teaching pastors and all those that are given a wonderful opportunity to grace this pulpit, we've tried to be, and I, 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 I mean with my sincerest part, of, the, the sincerest part of my heart, we've tried to be super transparent with all of you. We, we try to show you that, you know what? All of us, me, Alec, Josie, everybody, everybody comes up here. We are all far from perfect. But I'll tell you what, I've pretended at times. But I've, I've come to church with my heart broken over something that's going on at home or maybe with my friends or my, co my heart is broken. But you know, when I come to church, I smile like nothing is wrong. Like nothing is wrong. Everything is all good, right? I think, I guess sometimes I think that People, in my mind, I think that people need Pastor Art to be okay. So I pretend, even when my heart's broken. I've stepped into a ministry event, folks, right after I heard about a bad doctor's report for maybe a loved one or a family member or a, a close friend or even a bad report about myself. And I was super worried when I came to church and I was leading a ministry and I was, in the back of my mind, I was stressed and I was worried. Right? But when people ask me, hey, Pastor, how you doing? Oh, I'm so blessed. I'm blessed. I just smile and I say that I'm blessed. I, I, my thinking maybe is, you know what? There's the sheep here. They might be stressed out. They might be going through some stuff too. They don't need a shepherd, a stressed out shepherd. So what do I do? I pretend. I do. I've done it. I'm not proud of it. I've done it. We all pretend for all different reasons, whatever environment you step into or sit into, we pretend, right? We all pretend. My prayer, though, folks, after this morning, I pray that no one, especially here as family talk, no one pretends with the intention of projecting yourself or promoting yourself as this righteous, holy, 
faith-filled warrior that doesn't have a care or a problem in the world. I, I pray we never do that. Can you say amen? amen? Lastly, for those, maybe you are, you've been living in hypocrisy. You don't have to continue like that. You've, you've been pretending long enough. You don't have to continue like that. You can change today. You can begin to take, turn the corner today. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Today, you can start today. Right? Confess and forsake. Maybe another baby step for you. It'll help you with this. I love this quote. I've read it a long time. Stephen Feld, Stephen Feld, I should say. He's a Christian professor and leader coach out of Liberty University. He says this, and I love this. This is what he says. He's a leader, a leader, you know, ministry leader of men. He leads men. He says, if you want people to think of you in a certain way, do you know the best way to achieve the reputation that you want? Be the kind of person that they think you are. Think about that now. Be the kind of person that they think you are, right? What, isn't that good? If you want people to think you're a loving person, what? Be loving. Amen? If you want people to think that you're a patient person, be patient. If you want people to think that you're a kind person, be kind. If you want people to think that you're a forgiving person, then forgive. Amen? This weekend, we talked about posers, and we talked about pretenders. And I have no idea where all of you are in this conversation, but God does. God does, and you can bet he's willing to meet you right where you are. See, the posers and the pretenders, folks, in 2023 are going to be challenged because the reality is that, that only the authentic, transparent followers of, followers of Christ are going to endure through it all, folks, going forward. This world is spiraling downward. Everybody say amen. amen. And if we don't have a rock-solid faith where we're sliding to the left every chance we get, with this, you know, we're going to get rocked. We're going to get devastated. No more posing. Begin to live in the design God created you to live. If you're supposed to bear figs, bring figs. Abide and operate in the fruits of the Spirit that He has already promised us. And no more pretending. You know what God's best is. Work on being the person you want others to think you are. Be good. Be kind. Be patient. Be forgiving. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you, you see and you know every heart, God. You know every heart, God. Both here and our online ohana. And God, we, 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 our, prayers, our prayers are simple one, Lord. Our world is filled politically. I mean, every which way, our world is filled with posers and pretenders, Father God. Sadly, there's a lot in the body of Christ, but Lord, let it not be so going forward, God. For those of us that, Lord, we've been playing a game. We, we've been fruitless. We never concerned us of God. Begin to move by your spirit. Begin to put this uh, yearning in our heart, Lord, to operate and abide and move in the fruits of the Spirit. Always sliding to the left, Lord. Away from all the antonyms. All that is godless. Away from the 
tree and leaf, away from the posing. As your children, God, we want to be authentic people. Lord God, we want to be fruit-bearing people, Lord. You commanded us to do that. Make disciples of all nations. So God, going forward, no more posing, God. We're going to be real, Lord God. We're going to be transparent. And for the pretenders, Lord, those that have just had this appearance of righteousness or or overflowing with self-righteousness, God, no more. Convict us, Lord. Convict us. There's many reasons why we pretend, God, you know. You judge the heart, you know. If it's for motivation, shame, embarrassment, fear, whatever the reason, God, we want to be we want to be real, Lord. We want people that are real. Because that's how they'll know us, Lord. By the authenticity of our lives. The, the love that we have one for another. Your scripture says it. This is how they'll know. We want to be that people, God. We love you so much, Father God. Thank you for loving us first. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap, church? We hope you were blessed by this weekend's sermon. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you to check out our website, newhopeleeward.org, to learn more about us and how you can get connected into our ohana. We hope you'll join us again soon.